and we'll just once again tease the AVP for next time. Ooh, what's that? Yeah, you'll find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not aliens versus predator. <laughs> Although, if it were, Brian Earl Thompson could play all the parts, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, between him and Tom Morgan. Oh, him and Tom Morgan. That's right. Yeah, it's 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 Brian it, it's Brian versus Tom as the <laughs> alien versus predator. Who wins? Episode 403. It's a podcast with a nerd and a nerd. Sadly, no burgers. (laughs) Not today, anyway. (laughs) I'm Mike. And I am Ando. Welcome back, Ando. As always, thanks for having me back. We're just grooving and enjoying the music. <laughs> What's new have, with you? I think I, I think I have I actually ever even said on the show what that music is from. Like maybe I did back when I first debuted it on my second appearance. But if anyone doesn't know what that is from, that's the closing theme of the anime uh, Maid Sama. Just so you know, it's really good. Anyway, so, this says this says Heidi. Yeah, well, that's the name <laughs> of the band is Heidi. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen the uh, uh, several. Wow, several years. Like, gosh, almost ten years ago now. Geez, I just realized how long ago it was. Almost ten years ago, Katie May and I uh, staffed um, staffed AWA uh, and MomoCon a bunch of times, and we saw them perform live once. Uh, I actually ran. Uh, concert camera for their show cool it was cool it was cool might have even heard that song though it was before i saw the anime so i wouldn't have recognized it but what do you mean uh and- concert camera like for you were recorded it or live streamed it or so you know how in a lot of concerts there's like a screen up behind the the uh band oh for on the, stage, the people in the nosebleed see- seats yeah well, I mean, when you're just in a convention hall, it's more just for people who are in the back of the room. Right. But, you know, the, those are run from cameras that are just there in the uh, on platforms. So I was on one of those camera platforms running the camera, you know, for the stuff that was being projected up onto the screen. Cool. Yeah. Well, what's new with me is uh, not a whole lot because it's, you know, kind of locked down and I'm not working right now other than on my podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shadows of a Dark Past. Indeed, which is now, you know, very far along in the first season. We are two-thirds of the way published uh, on the first season. There are only a, a small handful of, of episodes left. Um, and although uh, for obvious reasons, you know, kind of don't want to, we, we've said we're going to put off talking about plot stuff. The last episode that it has gone live ended with quite a, a dramatic moment. A little bit, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you have not heard it, then you really ought to you really ought to get caught up because this is a, it's 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 getting close to the climax of the season and it's going to get intense. Yeah, it, I mean it really already kind of did. A couple of our characters there uh, may may or may not be in some peril. 
<laughs> Funny how that works in a drama, you know, may have people <laughs> who are in danger. Oh, why is it? Why does the episode have to end there? <laughs> oh man, it's Dude, like just I'm just... hanging off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Just, just, just wait till you hear. Uh, uh, if you've been enjoying the interludes so far, um, because of the character of Holly Baumgartner, just wait till interlude four. That one's going to be great. <laughs> and it's not a spoiler to say because at this point, you know, the first three interludes have all had her in, and I'm sure that you're kind of expecting her in the next one. And will she be appearing anywhere other than the interlude? Uh, not in season one. Okay, we'll leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> but that is interesting to note that uh, as far as new stuff relating to Shadows of the Dark Past, uh, season two is uh, obviously with season one not even finished publication. You may, you know, some people may wonder, you know, is, is how sure are you about a season two? And not only am I sure, I have already written season two. Um, one of the things that had uh, been a slight issue earlier in the year was that I was uh, we had done the table read for the second season and table read always informs a whole bunch of revisions and tweaking things to make it better um but I underestimated how much work was really going to need to go into the revisions because I had you know between ideas I had and some suggestions from others uh just these wonderful wonderful ideas started coming through but it was like three times the amount of work that I thought it was going to be and uh -oh. I got hung up and <laughs> stuck in some writer's block for a while but I have finally finished the revisions. Um, the rehearsal process for season two is already, you know, more than half over. We have done a lot of the rehearsing and fingers crossed, I'm going to start hopefully getting um, some of the early uh, recording done soon, like later this month, early January. So some of the first few scenes for season two might start getting recorded soon. Sweet. And, um, Again, this is not uh, – I'm just looking for – okay, so this is not spoilers, but I did want to just get people excited. If you have heard almost any of Shadows of a Dark Past at all, one of the characters that has been mentioned but has not shown up um, is Toby Clayton's sister, Alex. And she is going to actually be uh, in the second season. Um, I, I mentioned, uh, I think, on a previous uh, – appearance about casting new characters for the second season and she's one of the characters i had to cast and i'm just bringing it up because you know she the the, the actress i cast is super super awesome i'm excited to have her uh to, to have her join the the group and i can't wait for the character to show up on on well quote-unquote screen you know <laughs> on the sound stage how about that yeah 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 there you go has has uh Alex been mentioned? Yes. In what has posted um, so far? Yes. Was that the um, first time we met Toby? So there she's been mentioned twice by Toby. Okay. Um in the second episode when Toby is talking to Mark, uh he meant, he uh kind of drops about his sister a little bit and then in episode 4 there is a scene that has Toby leaving a voicemail for his sister. And oh, so okay. Yeah, there's a little was... bit of talking about her since he's kind of talking to her, but it's just a voicemail and we don't hear her. But in the second season, we will meet her and her girlfriend Haley. So okay. And I'm very excited. I some of the so the 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 cast is all super excited about everything they've uh, during the at the end of the table read. Everyone was like, "Oh, I can't wait for this to go live! Can't wait for people to meet the new characters." 
I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. <laughs> and uh like I said, I'm I'm caught up and uh <laughs> un- un- and just eagerly awaiting. <laughs> yeah, when's that uh is it episode eight is next? Yeah. Next is episode eight and then interlude four. Um, and those will be uh, we've just we've hit we've hit a delay in the in the audio uh, post production process. I will it'll be dropped as soon as it is possible. To drop. Looking forward to it. Indeed. Um, I feel like I, I thought I was going to ask you something else, and now I am trying to. Now I've lost it. Well, you and I were were trying to find a time to because I want to talk about it. Like I <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about it on the show, but I, you know, I'm like, I'm struggling. Do I want to, do I want to wait and talk about it officially when we can talk about it spoiler free <laughs> because it'll all be out there or do we, you know, cause I have questions. I'm not that familiar with, uh, vampire stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually learning a lot listening well, to shadows of a dark past. Bear in mind that <laughs> vampires, like many other, uh, you know, fantasy beings, uh, especially having, you know, the, the long, rich history of vampires, considering it's been, you know, they've been in our in cultural awareness for centuries. There's lots of different versions of vampires. And even modern American, you know, media doesn't always agree on what vampires can and can't do. It seems that the one of the very, very few things that actually is the common thing is that vampires drink blood. Beyond that, most things, even like even things that feel like they should be standard, like, you know, being killed by sunlight. Not all vampire media has that. Some of them being killed by wooden, you know, they they can't some of them can't see crosses. Some of them that's just like, oh, that's just a silly myth. We can see crosses just fine. Some of them can't see themselves in a mirror. Others can. Some of them are destroyed by a metal stake only through the heart. Some of them can be killed by being impaled only by cold metal, you know, like cold steel or something like that. So vampire mythos is diverse. And honestly, that kind of gives me plenty of leeway writing a vampire story to put whatever vampire mythos I want in there as long as I'm consistent and make sure that the audience knows it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I kind of in this again, not because this isn't spoilers, it's literally in the first episode when I had when Andrew's, you know, going through the laundry list of the, you know, when when Mark asked him, do you like being a vampire? And he's like, what are you kidding? Like, (laughs) here's all the laundry list of stuff that's why I hate being a vampire, you know, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the one thing that uh that the big one that i had never heard of before and and you tell me if if uh if this is too spoilery and if i need to bleep it out i will um, <laughs> is the the concept of the oh okay you i i as far as having to bleep that it's it's one of those things that astute people will be able to see that coming before the word is dropped in episode four hmm. yeah you might want to yeah hold off on that one okay. <laughs> that feels ooh, like ooh, mystery ooh, we, what, what yeah. was it that mike said yeah well okay, we don't know. without actually without actually <laughs> alluding to it because i don't want to give it away but i will say that is not something that i created that is something that is it is not universal in vampire lore. It is true that that is not every vampire story contains that concept, but it is something that is in a few different things. Okay. Cause like I said, I'm not, 
I'm not uh, super into vampire stuff, but I have seen some vampire stuff, and I've never, I've, I don't remember ever coming coming across that before. Mm. What, what, what is that that I'm talking <laughs> about? Hmm. You'll, you'll just, just have, have to, to listen. You'll just have to listen and find out. <laughs> fun, so much Very. fun. I do remember now the other thing that um I was going to ask uh, or just note and that is more for the listeners than for you but it's just you know we we've alluded in past episodes that I've been on to the idea that Mike is going to actually uh, cameo in a future episode of Shadows of oh, the Dark yeah. Past and I don't really feel the need to let that stay a secret but basically yes that is 100% confirmed <laughs> my Mike is, of uh, of Nerdburger is going to be uh, cameoing in an episode, an episode in season two of Shadows of a Dark Past, um, and, and actually, as a matter of fact, I I, I know you you got a, a bit of an unfortunate spoiler when you joined the table read to uh, to go through that. Scene. I don't remember what the spoiler was. Good, then you know, I won't <laughs> remind you. Um, I remember and, and, there was one, but I've I have uh, uh, fortunately you blocked it out of your memory. I whatever I did was successful. Yes. Good. Um, <laughs> which may be and, nothing it may just be my terrible memory and um but, but i've actually even uh in the revisions your part slightly expanded i added yes, more I heard, lines for your character I, he I heard about that yeah awesome so i need to send you the updated thing because at this point it would i could probably just have you you know you've got a setup you could just record your part and right here. I, I don't really like <laughs> yes i love having the interactions and we'll probably you know i might rehearse it with you first but like sure know, cool but anyway yes i just for for Nerdburger listeners if you if you like the hosts of Nerdburger, um mike's gonna be in season two and uh even though he is has uh is no longer one of the hosts craig is also i'm gonna go ahead and confirm uh, i've got a cameo for craig as well although that one's going to be in episode one of season three which I know sounds like it's a long way away, and it is, but I have already written episode one of season three, and Craig's going to be in that too. So good thing you pre-recorded uh, his part <laughs> before before his uh, untimely demise, <laughs> or was it? Or was it? <laughs> this is going to be fun. It very much is. I like playing the pretend. <laughs> <laughs> Except I just get to record my part and then go about the rest of my day. I don't have to spend hours and hours and hours fiddling with uh, all the equipment and files and sound effects and levels <laughs> and editing. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Ando about uh, episode 401 where we had some um, advertisements throughout, <laughs> throughout the show. And I, uh, yeah, I spent a little bit too much time. <laughs> screwing around with that stuff hey it was fun then, though yeah and then i regaled mike with tales of my childhood friend and i um using a karaoke machine um to sing sound effects alongside weird al songs and we did uh some silly <laughs> little commercials also based on weird al songs like frank's 2000 inch tv and spam and things like that which uh that's a that would be a um 166 foot 8 inch tv Good God! <laughs> no, I, I I did it on the calculator before I when we were talking about it. The, and of course, you, because of that, and because it's Weird Al, you have awesome lines in that song, like Robert De Niro's mole has got to be ten feet wide. <laughs> and that was uh, what that was like twenty five, thirty years ago that you recorded that twenty five. Uh, 
Well, that's Frank's 2000 inch TV came out on the album Alapalooza, which came out in 1993. So not quite 20 years yet. Not quite 30 years. Not quite 30 years yet. Sorry. Not quite 30 years yet. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that mole's like uh, 12 to 15 feet now <laughs> on the same TV, right? Yeah. Well, because, yeah, <laughs> resolution's getting better. You know, imagine. Well, these and days moles probably, grow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hopefully uh, he's got somebody looking at that, you know, every six months or so. Yeah. I have to go to the, well, I had to go to the dermatologist every 12 months. But, uh, the last time I was there, they said, come back in six. Oh, <laughs> like, geez. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm super, <laughs> super pale and I've had four moles cut off of my body so far. Wow. <laughs> I remember during, uh, was it just, the, it was either the most recent or next to most recent episode I was in, you were talking about getting something cut off your leg. Oh, that didn't happen. And that wasn't oh, a wow. We don't, we don't really know what that is, but the doctor decided it hadn't gotten any worse. And so we're, so we're just, just leave it alone. It. We're ignoring it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that he thinks it probably is, is something that you, that you're better off um, just leaving it in there. Like it, it can cause you? without getting into too many, <laughs> too many details. It could, it could be worse if we, you know, mess with it. So we're just not going to do anything. But um, yeah, no, I've had, I've had three moles cut out, like of my skin, and then I had one that was on my lip. It was this. I always thought it was just a freckle, because I have freckles, mm-hmm. and uh, it was right. Right on my lower lip, kind of off to the one side, and uh, it was dark, real small, but dark, real dark brown. And mm-hmm. um, people would always say, "You got some chocolate on your <laughs> right here." I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't miss that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the dermatologist was like, "Yeah, I don't like the look of that." And he he uh, basically took a pie slice out of my lip. <laughs> Ugh. which I, I, I thought it was going to be just like cutting, you know, the thing out mm-hmm. and a little bit around it and then letting it scab over like they did with the other moles. But mm-hmm. he actually like took this giant pie slice out of my lip and then stitched it Ugh. back together and it hurt like a emmer effer uh, and <laughs> a- after the, the local wore off. And then, and now my lip is crooked. Like the middle of my lip is is slightly off to the that side because it got pulled over there. And I have, well, see, I have this, I like, can actually white, kind of see it now scar. that you said it. it <laughs> if you hadn't said it, I never would have noticed, but now I can't unsee it. Wow. Yeah. Your mouth is crooked, Mike. You can't see it. My resolution's not good enough <laughs> on this crappy old computer that I use that I can't get a, can't get a virtual background on because it's so old. But it works for, you know, these purposes. I don't use the other, the other little... Uh, God, how old are those things? I think they're 2009 Mac Minis. Mm. I don't even use the second one that I bought off of eBay for like a hundred and something bucks because <laughs> we wanted to, what was it? We had to have, uh, there was some episode where we had two, oh my God, two Skype guests simultaneously. Oh no. And, uh, because the, um, multi person call feature of Skype didn't work. <laughs> We had to run them through separately, so I went it, it, and I knew this ahead of time, and so I, I I had been stalking used Mac Minis on 
eBay and one came up that was that was the right model that was new enough. And then if you use a coincidentally, speaking of Weird Al spatula, <laughs> to pry open the Mac Mini, which is how you have to get into it, you have to have a uh, not just any spatula, but a sharpened metal spatula because the of course the gap is so thin. Uh, you can get in there and switch out the RAM and the hard drive, which I did. I did did that to both of them. Upgraded mm-hmm. them anyway. You can't do that to Macs anymore. That sucks. Yep. It's everything soldered onto the motherboard. And even PCs are starting to do that now. Mm. Yeah, I've actually got an iMac from a few from a handful of years ago. Somebody that I used to work with at the escapery uh, was getting rid of it, and he just gave it to me because I was like, hey, an iMac, you know, and it was from the era of them where it's just like it, it's just a big screen. Yeah, you know, it's a big screen and it's got it, it's old enough. That it's actually got an optical drive in the side of the screen, you know. Yeah, it's got some era. depth to it, but iMac. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was really excited because it's a it's a big it's a big screen and it's got beautiful resolution and graphics and everything. And I'm like, great, this is a a, a great, you know, because I have a MacBook, but I thought, you know, an iMac would be good for gaming or something. You know, it's a it's a desktop experience. Sure. Except that not only was it an older model, but he had gotten like he had when he had bought it, he had not bought any of the upgraded RAM. So basically, it's got like I think eight gigs of RAM or in, or something like that, and it just runs like molasses. <laughs> Even just trying to open up, you know, Safari or Pages, it takes like minutes, and and just nothing good comes of it. And then it gets like stuck asleep. So I'm just like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> wow, with eight gigs, it it has that trouble. I don't know if it's eight gigs. I think I thought it was eight gigs. Maybe it's less than eight gigs. So the point is, it's not. It's kind of slow. Yeah, I bet you it's got a uh, it's got a platter hard drive in it. But it you, might. I, I don't think, remember. I bet if you if you switch that out for a solid state, you'll notice a. a you want to buy it off me? I'm trying to get rid of it. Oh, you are. <laughs> yes, I'm genuinely trying to get rid of it now. Mm, I have it's factory reset. <laughs> I have enough. <laughs> I just got another old MacBook Pro from uh, regular guest Andy. <laughs> That I still have to haven't figured out how to get the, the latest operating system on. I have to. I have a um. A, it won't download it because Apple. It's it's so old. The maximum operating system that you mm-hmm. it it's not uh on their website anymore. Hmm. Wow. But I know I have a thumb drive with it on it already somewhere. I just have to find it. I was supposed to do that weeks ago, and I forgot. Note to self, future Mike, who is edit- <laughs> editing this episode, go 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 find the thumb drive with El Capitan on it. Thanks. Every time that signed man, past time, Mike, <laughs> man, every time that I got the nags to upgrade to El Capitan, or any of the times that I get a notice that you know one of the apps needed to upgrade in order to be compatible with El Capitan or whatever, all I could think of is Q talking to Captain Picard and calling him Mon Capitan. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Mon Capitan though? Yeah, Mon Capitan. Awesome. I love Q. Me too. Uh, Katie Mae and I just recently finished rewatching uh, The Next Generation, like the entire thing. I need to and do that. It's fun. We're, we're in DS9 right now. Um, but basically, you're, you're literally have... floating just outside of it. 
I am. It's your well, background. Well, he also was in one episode of DS9 and a few episodes of Voyager as well. His story continues in Voyager. Um, but what's fun is if you actually look at it through the lens of Q is the hero and not that he's some mischievous, you know, villain. But if you actually look at it like he's the hero, it is so fun to watch him just kind of getting exasperated with Picard, but <laughs> but in the loving like I like I just want to wring your neck, but gosh, I like you too much to actually be angry at you sort of way. Genuinely, I think Q is is the hero of the story. I agree. I'm I'm totally pro Q. Yeah, and I love John Delancey. Oh yeah. It, it, like, He's, he's wonderful. And like, you know, I think it's, I, I've mentioned before that I also like a, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and John Delancey plays a recurring character in that <laughs> show called Discord that I have had canon that it is just Q who and snapped himself into the pony universe because I mean, he's Q. He can snap himself into parallel universes, right? I'd think so. So basically, <laughs> I think it's just Q in the pony universe calling himself Discord because he is the same person, basically. <laughs> well that's interesting it is what is that called again what the show yeah my little pony uh friendship is magic so my little pony friendship is magic and star trek exist in the same universe well no i'm saying that they are different universes <laughs> i'm just saying you can transport himself into the pony universe because no, I mean, he's so powerful. the same fictional universe oh okay well then the same multiverse how about yes, that yes there, there you go i there like you that go. Cool. Star Trek and My Little Pony, same multiverse confirmed in Nerdburger. You heard it here first. Oh, <laughs> uh, John Delancey is also a uh, pivotal character in, I, is it the second season of Breaking Bad? I have only seen the first season of Breaking Bad. Although I, I don't think he's, he's playing Q in that. <laughs> Oh, oh, one other thing that's great is that uh, I remember I said that his the Q story continues in Voyager, right? Yeah. One of the th like, have you seen the Q episodes of Voyager? Uh, I, I started watching Voyager and I didn't finish it and I don't know where mm -hmm. I stopped watching it. Well, basically, the 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 Q episodes, he's he you know, he has fun with 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 Janeway, of course, and he ends up getting kind of a he wants Janeway to to um, mother a child for him, which of course she does not wish to. <laughs> um, but eventually, he has he does have a Q child with a fellow Q, um, and uh, you know it's it, in the episode that he but like have it, it's just a baby naturally, but because it's Q, um, in a later episode in the last season, he comes back with his child who's now a teenager. And the teenage Q son is played by John Delancey's real life son. Oh, neat. And you can tell he looks just like him. And it's 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 great. It's it's a wonderful episode. I like when uh shows and movies do that where they bring the actual child on and you're you're sitting there looking, wow, they did a really good job casting that role, and then you see <laughs> then you see the name in the credits and you're like, Oh my god, it's the real son or the real daughter. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's one of the uh one of the the fun things watching and i don't know if you've seen it yet but schitt's creek i have not i've heard of it but i have not seen it do you have netflix yes but i also have a squishy personality and some <laughs> of the modern uh pulpier grittier shows are just a bit not to my liking so <laughs> oh it's not gritty it's a it's a it's a Canadian sitcom. I mean, it's. I like... wasn't trying to to make a <laughs> judgment call on on Shit's Creek. I was oh, just okay. saying it 
the that that's why basically after uh, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones um, and the fact that a lot of the Netflix original shows, especially ones that are remakes of shows that I used to watch, like uh, Sabrina and Charmed, are all like, you know, everything is just all this dark, gritty stuff. And I'm just like, I can't take this. Like I tried to, back when um, Marvel was doing a lot of their uh tv shows in addition to the mcu like i tried to watch punisher and jessica jones and i just couldn't couldn't handle them they were just too much for me well you definitely want to check out Shit's creek you will find it um refreshing M- much more refreshing okay I've, I've heard it's gotten i mean i i've heard it's gotten great reviews i just you know at this point i've gotten so cynical things that tend to be vastly popular in in pop culture i tend to not like so yeah, okay. just, <laughs> but i'll give it a, at some point i'll like watch the first episode and see how it is uh the, the another like uh, netflix show that i really like uh, is one called kipo um which Keep- is i think a kid show Keep kipo yeah k-i-p-o oh okay it's basically a cartoon set in like a no K I P O not O O K. It's set in like a, a post-apocalyptic future um, where humanity's had to dive under the has had to like escape under the surface and and mutants like talking animals have taken over the surface of the earth and, and everything is purple stuff. apparently. Again, it's a no wonder show you like too. it. <laughs> it's got you your favorite color. If you haven't figured this out now at this point, I like, you know, more animated stuff. I, I just, I, I, I'm a bit squishy. That's, that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forget uh, what we were talking about before we went off on several tangents. Well, oh, uh, Star Trek. There's um, always the usual, what's news, Mike? <laughs> that's true. We can do that. But uh, just to close out the Star Trek conversation. Oh, right. I, um, right. I was, I've always been disappointed that the next generation story ended it didn't end with q like i always thought it should have ended with the the, like that final movie should Mm -hmm. have been q and not whatever it was that like the romulans the clone younger version of picard Picard. well you know the thing that's you know they did it right with the series with all good things the series finale had q in it and i agree with you actually so the first movie generations um which was one that actually started with uh some cameos from classic era uh, characters um and had picard meeting captain kirk um in that episode there's on on viridian three right yes so in so in the part where (laughs) picard first gets sucked into the nexus and it shows him blindfolded as he's about to come into his christmas fantasy at the very beginning as he's blindfolded and everything is all fuzzy around him and he's like what's going on here Uh, when my family who of course we saw it in the theater because naturally we did I heard the people in the row behind us whispering, it's got to be Q. It's Q doing this, right? It's got to be Q. It's Q's doing this. <laughs> and they were just certain that Q was behind the Nexus, and I kind of wish he was, but, you know. No, it was Guinan. Well, she didn't create <laughs> No, I know, but she <laughs> She was there, yeah. Her, uh, her, her, uh, whatever the, her imprint. L-Aryans. What's that? Her race, L-Aryans. Right, but, like, it wasn't, it wasn't actually her. It was like the... Her echo. Her echo. That's what they called it. Yeah. That's what she called it. In, she called herself an echo of the guy in the Picard. Yeah. As, a, as, a, as, a, as my final thing on the, the Star Trek conversation, I keep mentioning all the things, that, the Star Trek stuff that Katie Mae and I are watching. What we're doing, uh, like we watched Voyager early on in lockdown, but then we started watching Next Generation. And um, 
for you know next generation uh and deep space nine overlapped towards the end deep space nine started before next generation was over yes and then when next generation ended a year later voyager started and also overlapped with ds9 and so when we were going through next generation what we did is i've got i got out um i found a guide that has the air dates of every star trek episode of movie and so as we were watching next generation when it got to the part where it started overlapping with deep space nine we're actually been watching them in order so like alternating between next generation and deep space nine to get a feeling for like what's going on in each sort of story arc you know at the time and it's neat to watch the evolution of that and were there uh crossovers or things that lined up between the two there were a couple of uh next generation episodes where they uh either went to deep space nine for something or like called them on subspace and talked to quark or something um there were a couple times where Riker talked to quark on subspace um and then right after um next generation ended there was a deep space nine episode where it seemed that Riker came to deep space nine but it turned out to be his transporter clone thomas Riker um so like there's there's and then of course in the fourth season Worf joined the regular cast of deep space nine after the the first generation next generation movie destroyed the enterprise yeah and this actually led to a neat little like callback that i had forgotten and that is in that episode where thomas Riker comes to deep space nine he's there to steal the their new ship the defiant and he makes an he kind of makes a crack about saying it's a tough little ship then later in the movie, first contact when when Worf uh, appears, he's flying. He's in, he's on the Defiant. And right, uh, well, in in um after they you know destroy the Borg ship and Worf and the Defiant are, are are like saved by the Enterprise, and he Worf comes to the bridge of the new Enterprise. Riker, the 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 Will Riker, turns at him and says, "Tough little ship." And it's like the two <laughs> you know the two both versions of him say the same thing. And I didn't realize that because it's been a long time since I've seen that episode. But it's you know now watching them all again, it's just it's great. Wait, so who's Thomas Riker? So there's a, a, an episode of Next Generation where um, they go back to a planet that Riker, when he was uh, a lieutenant in, on a previous starship, had been down on this planet for a mission. And it's a planet that has like crazy stuff in the atmosphere that prevents them from using the transporter very frequently. There's like a brief window of opportunity that opens every eight oh, years. Oh, okay. And so like he, when he years. beamed out, like a, he got duplicated and, and, right. and, and an, another Basically, version of him beamed the, back. Yeah, so like he was trying to beam back, and and uh, and accidentally a clone got created and and stranded <laughs> on the planet for eight years. And so when okay, the Enterprise went back, they rescued him. And so this new version took his uh, middle name, Thomas. He's William T. Riker, so William Thomas Riker. And so he's you know eight years behind in in uh, promotions and stuff. Right. He he he's a lieutenant. He's still in love with Troy. He doesn't know that you know he they haven't like, you know, he didn't have the breakup that the original version did. Like it's it's a whole different thing. So even though he's the same age, he's got less memories and less experience and all that stuff. Yeah, this has to I need to, I need to watch next generation <laughs> from the beginning. I need to do what you're what you're doing. Hopefully I can find some time. <gasps> all right. Is it news time? Uh, I guess. (laughs) What's news, Ando? Uh, (laughs) I was about to try and come up with something, but I blanked out. Oh, that's okay. Um, I can find something. 
So have you uh, have you heard about the, all these monoliths? I have heard of them, but I haven't done a whole lot of digging into them. Okay. Um, I hadn't seen anything in the last day or two, so this this may by the time this episode posts this this may be really old news. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as I'm aware, we're up to the third monolith. <laughs> wow. Now in um oh how do you say this San Luis Obispo County California. But uh, I guess so. I'll I think, go with I think, you. I think that's how you say that. Yes, on top of Pine Mountain. In Atascadero. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. So this is now the third one. Hikers found this one. This is after... Um, well, the first one was in U- in the middle of the desert in Utah that some people in a helicopter who were, I think, counting birds of something... <laughs> They were flying around counting the number of some type of animal in a herd, and uh, they happened to notice this thing gleaming. They're like, I don't know if they're stainless steel or what. They're shiny silver metal. You can see, it, you know, obviously they're they're not they're not from aliens. You can see the, you know, <laughs> the weld the welding marks on the sides and where they you know pieced it together. But they're tall. They're like you know what ten twelve feet tall. Yeah, um, it just makes me wonder who's like dropping these off. Well, I, th- I think the first one in Utah, somebody went back through like the Google Earth images and figured mm-hmm. out that it had been there for about four years. Hmm. <laughs> wow. <That's... laughs> Before anybody found it. And then, so they found that one and then they, what is this? An unknown party removed the structure sometime in the evening of November 27th. But then I think there was video of that. Of and I don't know who those people were, but there were I think there was a video of people actually taking that thing apart in the middle of the night, and then, well, like a few days later, one shows up on a mountain on a on a like a hiking path in Romania. Yeah, I heard that one. When I did hear about them being finding the one in Romania. That's just a weird. Yeah, and now that now there's an uh, there's one in California, and probably. There have been two more since <laughs> since then, by the time this episode goes live. Um, but yeah, what the heck? <laughs> Is this like a like a viral art installation thing? Like Yeah, I mean it almost feels like some kind of crossover from some, you know, game or story or something that you wonder is this gonna turn into like, you know, next one's gonna have a QR code on it and send you on some scavenger hunt online and it's gonna be some game or something, you know. Or is it yeah, is it from a game and nobody's pieced that together yet? Nobody's figured that out. Like there's some online game that people play that has monoliths in it. Well, I'll tell and you that's, if and that's, that's, that's what's being be referenced. Case, if that's going to be the case, then the person to figure that out is Matt Pat. <laughs> Who? M- Matt Pat, uh, Matthew Patrick. He's a uh, YouTuber, um, but he's got a few channels: game theory, film theory, and now food theory. Um, and he likes to take you know fandoms and basically intentionally overanalyze and try to come up with canonical explanations oh. and lore things. He's done stuff on the Five Nights at Freddy's series, Minecraft, um, as well as different film. Uh, franchises as well. So, like, 
the point being he's he's kind of found and deciphered a few things like this before games that that put their lore and code on their web pages and stuff like this so like if if there is something you know some kind of deep ar game or something that these monoliths are tied back to then i have a feeling matt pat's gonna figure it out <laughs> no not is- matt patricia <laughs> although today is sunday 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 football sunday um so, yeah his, his, the the channels are the game theorists the film theorists and the food theorists all one word with only yes one and t. only one t okay that's so Matt that's helpful see matt at monolith he's already well we're sus- subscribed to his channel he hasn't posted any videos oh well about never it, mind. but you could have but... saved me some time there well, maybe I just wanted someone else to subscribe to his channel. Maybe it was all just a plan, an evil plan to Wait help boost his subscriber numbers. That's what the monoliths are for. It's to get everyone talking. And the obvious, you know, choice for who could possibly figure this out is this guy. And, and so, of course, he's the one orchestrating all the monoliths in order to drive uh, uh, views on his uh, channel. Solved. All right. So... <laughs> think we figured hey so we figured it out he didn't exactly we did. there we go you t- t- take that map hat but hey that's just a theory a nerd theory is that what he says sorry just take yeah all of his <laughs> sh- all of his videos end with but hey that's just a theory uh whatever the channel is a hey, whatever theory okay so our our theory is a is a nerd nerd theory, theory. <laughs> i actually do have some news for you when oh you boy this one okay go for it I, I had forgotten this, but I did actually have something. Um, unless you were already planning on talking about it. Did you hear about the Arecibo telescope? I did, but I didn't have that in the news because uh, the <laughs> I was I was very looking uh, forward to. It was was it a video? I think it was a video that I got that I found, and I was like, "Ooh, I want I want to watch this" because they made it sound like you were gonna actually get to see like you know security footage or whatever of mm-hmm. of it happening. And then I watched this whole one minute long, uh, useless, stupid video that showed me absolutely nothing other than some still images from before. So basically, <laughs> so what go we're ahead, talking Andy. about here is that <laughs> there is a um there is a huge radio telescope. That is in uh, Arecibo, which uh, Puerto Rico, right? Por- yeah, Puerto Rico. It's featured um, prominently in the uh, beginning parts of uh, the movie Contact. Yeah, yeah, and so it is built inside a huge uh, sinkhole, um, and it's got. Well, there's the, your first and, problem. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's this big, you know, dish built into the the sinkhole in the ground with uh, the the telescope and, and stuff suspended over it with with these steel cables and beams and stuff so even though obviously with a with a structure like this it's known that you know eventually years and years down the line there's going to be problems and need maintenance and sooner or later it might you know structurally collapse or whatever and it's been they, there they since built, like the late 60s right it was built in 63 november of 1963 oh wow i'm on the wikipedia page so um, so, uh, it's been, wait used, a minute, uh, November of 63. Yes. This, is this tied to the JFK assassination? Is that where this is going? It was completed in 63. Still was Castro so, involved. It's, it's close to Cuba, right? <laughs> 
so it's been um, it's been used for uh, a lot of things, including SETA and SETI and NASA. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it's been try- used to try to find near Earth objects and that kind of thing. Um, basically, though, its funding has been waning in recent years, and then a bunch of hurricanes, including most recently Hurricane Maria, started damaging it. And so, even though there were still several years that they anticipated it still being around, um, in August, one of the steel support cables snapped. And, uh, you know, it being one of those big, like, what, 12 feet around cables or whatever, it didn't just snap and like, <laughs> oh, no, it snapped. Like, Boing. it snapped and cut it. Yeah, it cut a <laughs> gash, like, hundreds of feet wide in the dish be- below it. And they're like, well, now it's on borrowed time. And another one uh, in, in November snapped. And so it was kind of like, well, now it's just not a question of if, it's just a question of when. And one of the worst parts about it is since it just kind of happened spontaneously and they weren't expecting it, there's like uh, equipment and even data inside there that they just, it wasn't safe enough to even go back in and retrieve because it was going to collapse. And a few days ago on the first, it actually finally collapsed and just pff, fell in on itself. So it is now... No more. So, um, wow. You were saying that it also, um, one other thing about Arecibo, you were saying that it um, is featured in contact. Uh, it doesn't mention this on Wikipedia, but the one it does mention is Goldeneye. The James Bond movie Goldeneye has a climax that's set in, supposed to be in Cuba with a giant radio dish, but it's filmed at Arecibo. So, okay. That's where the climax is. It's basically, it's where they kill Sean Bean in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Was he in that? Yeah, he was the main antagonist. I I, I don't know. Uh, I've I've never. I don't think I've ever seen an well, entire James Bond movie. Spoilers if you haven't seen it because it's one of those. Well, it's not a spoiler if it's Sean Bean. It well, it's he starts as he's <laughs> Agent 006. He's he's a he's an agent with James Bond and he turns traitor in it. That's the spoiler of it. Oh, he okay. becomes the antagonist, but at first you think that he's you know bond's partner and teammate and you know you think he dies at the beginning but then he actually comes back and it's a shocker reveal so which i just spoiled <laughs> but at this point if you haven't either seen no, golden eye no. or played the video game then i don't know what to tell you <laughs> so there are videos of this thing and it's like it's the the big receiver structure that's that's suspended over the middle of it mm-hmm. collapses yeah it's just gone so rest in peace, Arecibo uh, uh, Telescope. <laughs> Drop an F in chat to pay your respects. That took too long to find. Um, I got to get that working on the iPad again. What else is news? I just got one more here. So this uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in theaters and on HBO Max if you have that. We do not. simultaneously. <laughs> we don't either. Yeah, I did, and then I and then I uh, I got it. Well, it wasn't HBO Max at the time. It was whatever it was called, HBO Now. I got it for the last season of Game of Thrones, and then forgot to turn it off. <laughs> and then um, I finally Oops. did, and then I uh, I got one. What did I get? No, I got two months of HBO Max because we uh, we decided to watch the Larry Sanders show from twenty years ago or fifteen years ago. I don't know. Anyway, um, but I don't have it now. So yeah, so it's uh, I guess is it is it free? I guess it is. 
I don't remember seeing any way to pay for anything extra on HBO Max. So if you have HBO Max, you get to watch The Wonder Woman on the same day that it comes out. And I think it's only there for a month, and then it goes away. And then you have to go to the theater, if it's still there. But, because that's um, HBO is owned by Warner Brothers, all Warner Brothers studio movies in 2021 will be premiering simultaneously on HBO Max and available for 30 days, including Suicide Squad and Matrix 4. Apparently there's a fourth Matrix movie. Wait, Matrix 4? Yeah, I didn't know this either. I mean, I knew of the first three, but I did (laughs) not know of the fourth. (laughs) Uh, Are they going to try to fix the ending? Let's see. What else? Godzilla versus Kong. So they're going to literally oh, put Dune. Up the entire WB catalog, but only for a month. So like, well, it's it's everything binge. that's all the new movies. Okay, that are coming out in 2021, including Dune. I want to see Dune. I like that director. Let's see the Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry. Is that like the cat and mouse? Mortal Kombat. I wouldn't doubt it, but. Uh, Wait, another Mortal Kombat movie? It's just called Mortal Kombat. Wow, I mean the the back in like the the nineties or was it the early aughts with the Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Like as cheesy as those movies are, I love those <laughs> movies. And there's actually it's fun. There are people who are in those movies who are in Star Trek as well. Like who? Um. Well, so in uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the dude who plays Shao Kahn is a famous character actor who is who has been in multiple Star Trek incarnations and many, many movies and the X-Files and a bunch of stuff. Like, okay, so his first movie role was in The Terminator, the original Terminator movie. He's one of the punks that that Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Terminator, you know, steals uh, some of the clothes from. Clothes. <laughs> it's probably the guy because he looks just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He really, really does. Um and oh, it, I know it, who you're the guy. Yeah, he was the yeah. uh, the super soldier in the in, in the X-Files. Yeah, in the X-Files, there was that whole like arc where the, that black oil was the, there was those alien bounty hunters who were trying to protect themselves against the black oil. And they had the bounty hunter. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He was one of those guys. Yeah, he was too. the main guy. Yeah, he totally looks he, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He also was a Klingon in an episode of Next Generation. I can see him a being Klingon a Klingon in episode of DS Nine. Uh, a um, a Jim Hadar in an, uh, an episode of Deep Space Nine. A couple of aliens in episodes of Voyager. Later, um, like the dude has just kind of been in a ton of things. <laughs> you would think that he would have some uh, really weird European name. Mm-hmm. No, his name is Brian Thompson. Brian Thompson. And what's great, what's to me the the topper on this cake is that if you look, he's got a bunch of credits in his IMDb, but his IMDb profile picture is him as Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat. So with a a long, illustrious career, including multiple Star Trek incarnations, his IMDb page still prominently features him as Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. There you go. Awesome. There's things to, there's there's I've kind of you kind of you know like Star Wars showed us this to an extent too that that people actors who are kind of on the extremes you know because ha- you had your Peter Mayhews and your uh, uh, Kenny um, Baker 
you know, that, that when you have your extremes. And sure. so that also goes with like buff. Cause this, you know, uh, yeah, he's his name's so generic i've even just forgotten it again you brian know? thompson <laughs> brian thompson See, he's kind of you know he's in a lot of things as the buff guy you know the the guy with big muscles and stuff the thing is there's another character actor who's a lot of aliens in star trek but not see the, brian thompson actually plays like speaking roles too because he's a decent actor too but there's another character actor who plays a ton of aliens in star trek and all over um and when you see him on IMDb, his profile picture, uh, he's wearing – he's Jason Voorhees. And if you look through his, um, through his filmography, he's Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers and a predator and, uh, <laughs> and, and Leatherface too at one point. I mean like he's all of the, the, the big you know, not talking aliens or serial killers or weird paranormal things that just stalk you that's the same guy wow you see that no i'm i i i I didn't i was trying to click through to his um, i'm gonna yeah i'll see if i can track down who i'm talking about there but you do that i'm stuck on his bio though because i just saw this so it was him him and and another guy okay which one are you talking which which him are you talking about now brian thompson okay brian thompson gotcha go ahead go ahead so uh brian thompson in the Terminator, you said he he had his clothes stolen by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it was him and another guy. You know who the other guy is? Bill Paxton. Yes, <laughs> I I know my Terminator. All right, <laughs> I was like, and oh yes, my Bill God. Paxton is. That's one of Bill Paxton's earliest on screen roles sure. too. <laughs> it had to have been early. Yeah, that's before it wasn't weird the science. First, it was early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian Earl Thompson. So his name, his name, his full name is even more <laughs> generic <laughs> brian earl thompson nothing um, wrong with it it's just you look at this guy and you think he's you know it's going to be jean-claude van damme or something along those lines exactly exactly and then it's brian thompson i'm tracking down the other guy as soon as i can here wait who's the other guy the the one I'm talking about that had that he's a character actor who's who's like Jason Voorhees and Leatherface and a bunch of other people. Oh, okay. I um, thought you were saying Brian Thompson was that guy. No, 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 no. No, I, I found the guy. Okay, so on IMDb, if you look up then and it's another name that's that's deceptively simple. Tom, <laughs> just T-O-M. And the last name is Morga, M-O-R-G-A. He's a stuntman who is in like everything. Tom Morgan. Yeah, there is his picture is uh is is that Jason? Yeah, it's Jason Voorhees. So basically he's uh several different unspeaking, uncredited roles in Star Trek Enterprise, he's in Star Trek Nemesis, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Next Generation, Star Trek Six. Uh then see there's Halloween four as Michael Myers. Klingon Soldier. Um, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is Leatherface, Friday the thirteenth, a new beginning is Jason Voorhees. There's Star Trek three. He was a board. He was a Cardassian. Star Trek the motion picture. I mean, like basically this dude is, is like all of these things. <laughs> Roughneck. Deep jo- impact. Jogger. Mask of Zorro. Bank robber. Number two. <laughs> Spider-Man. He's one of the stunts in Spider-Man. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. The curse of the black pearl. National treasure. He's even stunts in national and Intre- national treasure. <laughs> so yeah, point point being, this dude is a bunch of of Star Trek aliens and a bunch of like you know serial killers. It's just an odd thing to have your you know your filmography dim and you know reflect. Yeah, 
He was in Knott's Landing in 1985. And Give Me a Break. Remember that show? I remember seeing commercials for it on like Nick at Night or TV Land, but that's one I never actually watched. That was, uh, oh, Nell Carter? Was that her name? The main actress? It comes up with like, yeah, Nell Carter. And then who was the, oh yeah, Joey Lawrence was in that as a little, tiny little kid. That was his first thing. (laughs) But yeah, Dallas. He was on Dallas. Yeah, and then then it goes into Star Treks, and it's just a whole bunch of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, Days of Our Lives! <laughs> He's in six episodes, six episodes of Days of Our Lives as guy number two, <laughs> and something called Orion, and something called Attacker. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to go back to Brian Earl Thompson. See what he was in. That TV show Nine One One. I'm just looking at stuff I've heard of the orville yeah that's oh that's right the orville hawaii 5 i love that show oh he was in californication with david duchovny who played Mulder. he played he plays a guy named mr scary it's funny that how did i not recognize him in two tv shows uh with david duchovny x-files and californication yeah how did i not recognize him in californication i don't i would i i must not have recognized him i if I had, I would have been like, I would remember that. I would remember, oh, it's the bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, man. So here's one of my, so this, my family has kind of always been a fan of doing this. It's kind of like a version of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, con- yep. connecting two franchises by the people who are in other things together. And it's no surprise to you be- uh, and to anyone who's listened to Nerdburger that Star Trek and Dark Shadows are two of my favorite franchises. And so it's, you know, it's it's luckily in taking it in that way, it's super easy to connect them because the guy who played one of the characters in Dark Shadows named Burke Devlin literally was in Star Trek The Next Generation as Riker's father. So you've got a direct one-to-one, there you go. Um, but I also I, I, I'll double check to make sure I'm thinking of it right. But there was another thing that I noticed that is um, uh, let me see. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Um, I want to make sure I, I say the right series. So, so while I'm getting this up here, one of the other. Um, Hang on, everybody. Other... We need to wait for Ando to get it up. <laughs> Oh my gosh, now I don't even know where to go from there. Um, one of my other favorite uh You're welcome. Favorite <laughs> one of my other favorite um franchise not really a franchise because it wasn't out of the video game area, but the Zork series. I think I've talked about that before. I love um I, I love uh Zork, Zork games. I think I've brought that up. So there is my favorite Zork game, which was uh, which the series used to be oh, a text-based okay. yeah, yeah. only, but there, but a few of the the last few games were were visual. And one of the actors who played a part in one of those games, um, the actor's name is Stephen Mocked, Not that important. Um, he was in an episode of Deep Space Nine, um, that just you know it, it that's uh, as a Bajoran general. And so it was like one of those funny things where when you're used to seeing somebody in a in a video game and then you see them just show up, you know, in in your Star Trek episode. Now Bajorians were were the ones that were they they looked totally human except they had like little little bumps on their nose, 
right? Well, they're ridges. Ridges they're like on the, on, full, on the... ridges, and uh, although it's a cultural thing, they have um, they like wear, spots. Um, and well, one earring. Oh, they have one earring. Oh, okay, one earring. It's a it's a thing for their religion. Okay. So, just thought I'd note that you, you know you get that too. There was somebody that I was just looking up recently that there was one confluence. I'm trying to remember which actor it was, but there was like somebody who was in a soap opera that one of the <laughs> big name actors from Dark Shadows became one of the big name actors in that soap opera. And then someone else who was later in Deep Space Nine was in an episode of it with them. So like, I just, I can't remember now which one it is. There's lots of that kind of thing. I don't have to keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many star trek series now that, that have run for so long that i mean you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody that that wasn't in exactly in, in a star trek Plus at this point because else. star trek is such a big cultural phenomenon that most people you know see it as like oh i get to be in star trek cool you know <laughs> i know i would be <laughs> yeah why not oh boy well we're um i think we've we've gone over an hour do you want to talk about any of those have, other things you wanted to talk about, or do you want to save those for another time? Well, um, tell you what, the AVP stuff seems to be a good thing to go well with our talk about Shadows of the Dark Past. So why don't we save that one for when I come back to talk about the show after? Okay. Uh, yep. After it. That makes uh, sense. Finishes. Well, the first season, not the whole thing. Um, but we can. Uh, I can briefly just touch on what I'm going to be doing after the episode is finished. After we finish recording this episode, right? Yeah, we need to. We need to. Uh... Get you get you out of here so that you can go do that. What is it that well, you're going to go do? It though? starts at, it starts in an hour and a half. No, I I've got time. <laughs> so what I am a, what I'm about to be uh, off to in an hour and a half. Uh, well, and off to just right here on the internet is uh, running a D and D game. Um, no surprise, I'm sure to anyone that I've played many RPGs in my day, uh, and uh, I've run many in a D and D campaign. Um, <clears throat> this particular game is pretty special to me though because it is a game that has that has started only recently and the other players who are in my game with me are um audio drama creators and voice actors now oh. having has now that i've you know actually published shadows of a dark past and it's out there you know obviously i've been doing a lot of networking with other creators of other audio dramas i talked about that to some extent last time i was on the show um but there are a few of them that started uh, actually becoming more like personal friends in addition to, to sort of peers. And when uh, a group started talking about maybe playing D&D together, I was very much on board with that. And uh, I we, we played a couple of sessions under uh, one of the other players being a, a DM because I was a little bit squirrely about jumping right into it. But um, everybody's been great, and I have now taken the reins as the DM, and we're on our – today we're going to have our fifth session in my game, and uh, the, the cast is, is part of what makes this so much fun. Um, so if you uh, – I'll, I'll let this serve as a bit of uh, cross-promotion to tell you what other podcasts should listen to for these people. Okay. You look like you're trying to say something. No, I'm just thinking like uh, it's a bunch of voice actors playing D D together are you recording these games see i told people at the, <laughs> early on that we almost had like a social obligation to record it and make a podcast out of it or something but we just I one mean, of the players this seems like a no-brainer 
Well, one of the players, it's their first time ever playing D&D. Oh, okay. One of the others, it's not their first, but they're still pretty new. And it just sort of was like, it made sense to to let everyone get used to the to the game and, and me as a DM. And Without having to worry about all of that going on in the background right yeah but believe me there there's there's a lot of hilarity that goes on and from I years of playing so. D, I can, from years <laughs> of playing D, i can tell you that one of the best things about uh, uh any rpg um is uh is the, the 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 funny things that get said at the table that make everyone just die laughing that are even funnier without the context of what caused that quote to be said <laughs> yeah especially when you can take some kind of like sexual innuendo out of it naturally <laughs> and so it became a thing you know for me years and years ago that i keep a pad of paper you know at the table with me when i'm doing it in person and when somebody says something that causes everybody to laugh and would be even funnier out of context i write it down and then we share it with each other afterwards and i talk about it well on my twitter which is at endo valentine um I actually essentially live tweet our games by way of the the out of context quotes from our characters, which everyone, you know, hearts and retweets them and stuff. And it's just this great sort of like, uh, where did that come from? <laughs> so uh, as far as who my cast are, though, let me let this serve. There are three other podcasts that this is going to 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 mention and and. I love all of them and you should totally and I just mean the collective you all the listeners too, should listen to them. So um, two of the other people in my group work on the uh, podcast, The Dichotomy, which is a comedy podcast about a superhero named General Hero <laughs> uh, and the love of his life, the semi-retired uh, supervillain, Lady Malice. And um, they also live with her henchman, George. Um, <laughs> is he and... the butler? Huh? Is he the butler? <laughs> no, he's the. He, I can't do his voice justice. I I, I don't want to do it wrong, but he's 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 her henchman, you know. Right. Well, she's so semi-retired, and they're living together. So I'm just like, does 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 the hench does the henchman kind of become a butler? Does he like bring them <laughs> sort of. food and do a little like, like she, cleaning? Sort of. Yeah. So the uh so so basically uh the right hand of doom and arcane razzle who are the voice actors who voice general hero and george the same guy who voices both of those and lady malice so i have general hero and lady malice in my game <laughs> and they're fun um the uh right hand of doom is playing um he's playing lord travden a human artificer who's basically tony stark okay so i've i've got essentially a tony stark in my game and uh and, and the and uh razzle's playing um a, a, a tiefling blood hunter i'm not expecting you to know what these all mean but basically she's she's a monster hunter who doesn't talk very much and is very kind of you know brooding and dark ominous sort of character and they're hilarious and fun then we've got from the uh podcast uh, chain of being which is a sci-fi and uh, and kind of horror audio drama the creator and one of the voice actors from that, Kai, uh, Kai Pritchard, uh, is in my game. Um, they're playing a human rogue named Dyer. Um, and what's funniest about him, of uh, his character, I think, is the, um, the fact that he, the, the character is like, he's a human, and he's like 50-something years old. Because Kai wanted the character to not be a young person. He wanted him to have some experience. But then... After we had started playing, there was sort of this realization that, hey, in medieval times, people didn't live to be <laughs> 80, 
90 years old. Like how old actually were people going to live, you know? And I'm like, well, uh, it's, I'm not saying that you're at death's door, but I mean like 65, 70 is a pretty decent, like older side of the, you know, the life expectancy of a medieval era human. Right. And he's like, Oh my God, I've only got like 10 years of life left. And so the character has started undergoing this midlife crisis in the middle of the game. And, <laughs> and considering that all three of the other characters are significantly younger than him, he suddenly just realized that, like, I'm about to die. Is he, is he like a grumpy old grandpa now? Not really. Like He's telling everybody like- to get off his lawn. No, he doesn't Yelling more at like the midlife crisis trying to like <laughs> act like he's all young and stuff. Oh, I see. Like overextending himself, like getting himself into situations where he, you know, he's uh not physically capable necessarily anymore. Sort of, yes. And considering <laughs> the fact that he's a rogue who's be, uh, one of the things that like in his backstory is that um, and these are not canonical to D&D, like the core D&D. These are uh, groups that I have created in my own world. But there's these two groups, one an organized crime syndicate called the Crystal Syndicate and one this sort of creepy cult called the Order of the White Talon, a weird religious cult. They try to do holy necromancy, as they call it. And so, (laughs) holy necromancy. (laughs) And so, with this character, he has once been a member of the Crystal Syndicate, but he was trying to infiltrate the Order of the White Talon. This is all in his backstory. He was trying to infiltrate the Order of the White Talon and got caught. But since the Crystal Syndicate basically at that point disavowed any knowledge of him, he just kind of became a member. He kind of became, you know, a, a, a hostage, an indefinite hostage of the Order, the White Talon. They, they, and he's like, well, fine, screw you. And so he ended up escaping they, from. They burned from both- him. Huh? They put out a burn notice on him. <laughs> like, we're <laughs> no, washing just- our hands of you, pal. So basically, he's now kind of trying to hide from both of them. Well, yeah. And the, and the and the mission that I have sent them on, I've basically had both groups send messengers to him. They're like, "Hey, if you do this thing for us, then we'll stop hunting you and stop trying to kill you, and you can, you know, retire and live a normal life without us." And so he's <laughs> now just trying to desperately stay sane in this situation so he can get out from under the thumb of both of these orders. Funny. And then the last member. Oh wait, I don't. From, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but uh, Grandpa Rogue, does does he have high intelligence and wisdom, but low strength, dexterity, and constitution? <laughs> uh, not exactly. <laughs> He's got low intelligence, but decent wisdom. <laughs> um. So the last player in the game is from is the creator and main voice actor of the podcast Dose After You which is a bilingual podcast that releases uh, episodes um, in English and Spanish because the, oh, because like I forgot to mention. So Doom and Razzle, they live in Texas. So they're Americans like me, but Kai lives in, uh, he's, I believe they're, I don't want to get this wrong. I think Welsh, but uh, going to college in um, London. So UK. There you go. And, that covers it. And, um, from Dose After You, the reason that's um, that's uh, bilingual is that the creator, David Orion, is um, Spanish. Like, he lives in Spain. Spain Spanish. Yes, yeah, Spain Spanish. <laughs> and so he releases an episode in English and the same episode, but just done in Spanish. OG Spanish, yeah. Yes. And <laughs> he is playing a, a tiefling warlock 
uh, named uh, Ares, which is awesome to have like non-American names in here. You know, I've got Dyer and Ares, which is, I think that David told me that's like a Netherlands name, I want to say. Something like that. I, I'm probably wrong. Maybe it's Dutch. <laughs> Maybe it's Dutch. Maybe it's Dutch. Well, that's I, the Netherlands, I, right? I, I forget. But anyway, so um, the the it, it's great. It's the first time I've ever played an RPG with non-Americans. And it's wonderful. I mean, slight difference of you know, difficulty with time zones. We do have to find, you know, the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Usually <laughs> it's, by the it's time we're be finished, a little it's, you know, early for somebody hours. or late for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we finish playing and it's like, you know, 1 a.m. for for Kai and David or something. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, it's great to have uh, non American viewpoints in your RPGs because then the characters don't just act like Americans. It's forcing me to think more creatively as a DM, and it's just a lot of fun to have not, you know, have different viewpoints in my game. And the players are so wonderful, and we've just become already a nice little close-knit group of friends. It's just one of the, it, it is seriously one of the best RPG experiences I've had. Awesome. Yes, I can tell you're um, very excited about <laughs> what you'll be doing in a little over an, an hour, hour 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and it was gesturing wildly at <laughs> gesticulating least, at least i yeah, think I so because my hands your 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 hands and parts of your arms disappear in your background when you do that <laughs> it, so it looks like i'm just kind of flailing and deep space nine keeps taking me over it's either you're flailing your arms or someone you know katie may is hiding behind you and like pulling on your shirt and you know whipping it around <laughs> i don't know <laughs> she's not hiding behind me but she is sitting a few feet off to my left so. hi katie may she's, she's <laughs> <a high> katie. <laughs> there's most of katie may's head and shoulders there <laughs> oh there's your hand <laughs> uh. so yes that's what i'm gonna be doing and ooh, spooky <laughs> We're, we're having, having fun with the virtual background now. We're having fun with the virtual background's inability to distinguish between <laughs> multiple people and at different depths from the camera. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, the the this the it's 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 interesting this D and D game because the story that I've got them playing, like the campaign itself, is very serious in nature. It's a little bit on the nose because I've got like a plague happening in my world, and they're off in another plane <laughs> of existence, going off another dimension to look for the cure to the plague. So it's a little on the nose, but and it's a little you know heavy. It seems like. But then you have awesome, funny moments that are just great. And so I strongly, you know, recommend anyone follow me on Twitter anyway. But if you like out of context (laughs) RPG quotes that will make you scratch your head or bust up laughing, follow me on Twitter and watch out for me on Sundays. Sundays uh, Evenings. There there are no shortage of those with this group, I guess, huh? No. I mean, some days you have more than others, but I think not last session, but session before last, I want to say that I had at least 10 to 12 quotes that I ended up posting <laughs> over the course of the day. I've I've started a list my, of, of my own of out of context, funny lines of dialogue from a certain podcast I've been listening to. Oh, no. And since these are these are spoiler free. I only oh, have two. No. I, I only I, I, I only oh, started to I have to go. Well, I'm going to go back and listen from the beginning when once the whole thing is out and I, I may find more. Um, but, but yeah, the one jumped out at me and then right away, I think, and is, I don't know if it's the next episode 
yeah, I found another one. So here for your uh, pleasure, if you're not already listening to Shadows of the Dark Past, <laughs> you may hear, and I think it's Ando says both of these as his character, Andrew Clayton. Mm-hmm. Wink. <laughs> I still do not know what that word means, nor do I wish to learn. Which is which is in reference to my favorite word in the universe. Nooshnozzle. That's it. <laughs> and then the other one that really that I I think I had to pause and then re- rewind the fifteen seconds, possibly twice, because I missed stuff because I was laughing <laughs> hysterically. Was I would rather not go into detail on why I have smelled the things I have. <laughs> and you're correct. Both of those are me. Both of those are Andrew Clayton. <laughs> oh my God. That I, I I guess I hadn't thought about how funny out of context those would be, <laughs> but you're right. Especially I'd rather not go into detail as to why. Yeah, I the second one is is, is uh, especially good out of context. Needless to say, there are things that reek far worse than this. That was that's the follow up line, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, okay, here's a little bit that's spoiler-free BTS for you. BTS being industry lingo for it behind the scenes. <clears throat> but um, so you, you you were laughing at the whole, I still do not know what that word means, nor do I wish to learn in reference to douche nozzle. Um, so what's funny is that uh, in that scene, the line that Andrew is replying to where Allison <laughs> says, you know, I'm guessing we're not just talking about some douche nozzle whose hair covers one eye and who drinks red wine out of crystal goblets and weird underground electronica clubs. Are we, <laughs> I can just kind of rattle that off because I wrote it and I've, you know, kind of read it so many times. The actor, the voice actress, Crystal Hutchins, um, she, that, that is not an easy thing to just rattle off quite so casually and i didn't think about that when i wrote it i just thought it'd be easy and during rehearsals and even up to recording there's bloopers that <laughs> i ought to release that are of her attempting to say that and getting caught up because it's not an easy thing you know it's a complex thing with lots of conflicting consonant sounds and stuff but right Anyway, she, it, it was just hilarious trying to get that you know to to roll off the tongue correctly and then she nailed it right at the end she got it great for the final recording <laughs> but not after a a few flubs i mean that's some of the that's some of the funniest you notice uh, with almost any tv show or movie that whenever you see a blooper reel there's usually like one you know bit of dialogue that for whether it's because it was tricky or just because mental reasons the actor had a difficult time they just cannot say it and after a while your brain just can't do it right and you just stop and laugh because yeah. you can't help yourself anymore it's it's that kind of thing. I don't. Or they get I, they I, get to that line in the scene, and everybody is trying not to laugh because they know it's get you know what's going to happen, and then they all just start laughing. They so don't even, even if get the person the doesn't flub their line, everyone else st- breaks up laughing. Yeah, yeah. And you've I I believe in the past you have teased as part of some bonus features that there might be a blooper reel. Yes, coming. that was something that originally was teased uh, during the Indiegogo campaign uh, to be one of the things that backers get. And oh, I still right. intend it, but since I've had to change crew members and refocus my engineering efforts, I haven't been focusing on getting those bloopers together. But it is still something that I want to do for the backers because it would be funny to, you know, to hear us messing up our lines. I love the blooper reels. Always fun to watch or listen to. <laughs> So. Ooh, something else that I can actually confirm for you that we've that we've talked in. about it, huh? 
this just in. Yeah. Well, it it's not that I haven't kind of already said that we were going to do it, but I mean, like really well and truly the first few steps have now been taken. So it is very much for sure happening. And that is a soundtrack. Yes. Yes. So yes. my composer, <laughs> Trace Callahan, who is, who is an amazing composer and I love her work on the show. Um, all of the music, I mean, she, the, the, um, the theme song was, was a different composer, but all of the music under the action and the scenes and stuff was, is Trace's work. And um, we have now put together all of the music that she, that uh, she wrote for the, 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 ep- for the show, the first season. And we're starting to work on trying to figure out like what flow might come from the soundtrack. And it's been slow because, you know, I've had busy things I've been doing, um, but the process has begun and we know for sure it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and how long. Awesome. Looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. I know you were saying that you, uh, you love you some soundtracks. I love me some soundtracks. That's right. Have you been enjoying the music in sound? Absolutely. Show? Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. He's Trace doing a really good job. Work. Yep. Can't wait. All right. Yay. <laughs> think that about covers it for what I was wanting to talk about. And we'll just once again, tease the AVP for next time. Ooh, what's that? Yeah. You'll find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not aliens versus predator. <laughs> Although if it were Brian Earl Thompson could play all the parts, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Well, between him and Tom Morgan, Oh, him and Tom Morgan. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Brian. It, it's Brian versus Tom as the <laughs> alien versus predator. <laughs> Who wins? <laughs> Tune in to IMDb TV next week to find and out. It, the most generic sounding fight ever. Brian versus Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you pointed out, it's T-O-M. It's not even, yeah. it's not even T-H-O-M, Tom. Or B-R-Y-A-N, Brian. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's Brian versus Tom. <laughs> Oh, you have time for a Kevin question? Of course I do. I love Kevin questions. All right, here we go. 172 question. Kevin asks, we have entered the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. Can you have bustle without hustle? Thanks, Kevin. Hmm. (laughs) That is an interesting thing. I think in order to um, answer that question, uh, correctly, I'm going to need the uh, definition of bustle. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, oh, to bustle okay. yeah, there you go. is to move briskly about ostentatiously. So it's, uh, mm. oh wait, to move briskly and often ostentatiously, to be busily astir. Okay, that's bustling. Those are the, those are the intransitive verbs. I think uh, in this context, we are looking for the noun definition of bustle. Oh, that's probably true. But it is when we say the hustle and bustle, it's kind of, you know, let's see. Let me look at bustle noun. Okay. Noisy, energetic, and often obtrusive activity. Okay. That's bustle. And the example they give there is the hustle and bustle, bustle of the big city. Of the big city. Yeah. Right. So that's bustle. Hustle, according to the same dictionary by the noun, is just energetic activity. So the difference here is that bustling is apparently more obtrusive than hustling. <laughs> so, yes, I would say that means you can indeed have the bustle without the hustle, but I'd, or I should say you can have the hustle without the bustle, but not the bustle without the hustle. It's kind of like squares and rectangles, you know? 
Sure. That's my I think, take on it. I think hustling causes bustling. Like well, one person's hustling when they hustle. Yes. One person's hustling or or multiple people's hustling will create a bustle for, exactly. for others who may or may not be hustling, but hearing and experiencing the bustling of, of, of the, the, you know, the first people. Right, right. So I think that at least from my part, I would say that, yeah, that, that it is definitely possible to have hustle without bustle, but I don't think that it's possible to have bustle without hustle. So you, and that's Ando's take on it. You can't have bustle without hustle. Well, because I, I think you're bustle, right. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Bustle, bustle says noisy, energetic, and often obtrusive, and hustle is energetic. So therefore, bustle is going to be hustle, but then the bustle adds the extra bit that it's often obtrusive. Mm. I'm, I, uh, I agree with, with you. There we go. Kevin, There's, question answered. <laughs> see, I also found this, um, the origin of the idiom. Okay. Hustle and bustle. Uh, takes its uh, meaning as a phrase from, from yeah the, from two different words obviously the, the, the word hustle became an English word in eighteen uh, sixteen eighty four I don't know where they get the, wow. the, the, the none of this is you know um, d- uh, disclaimer I guess uh, I I have no idea if any of this is true because <laughs> there's n- none of this is cited and they have very specific dates in all of this yeah. so take it with a grain of uh, you know wiki salt um, <laughs> the the word hustle became an English word in 1684, derived from the Dutch. Hey, there we go again with Dutch, Dutch. words. Hutzelen, which means to shake. The English changed the word to hustle and applied the definition to hurry or move along quickly in the year 1812. Again, very specific. In 1840... Citation, please. Yeah. The <laughs> word became a part of American English uh, with the same meaning. The word bustle was derived in 1350... From the Middle English word "bursten," meaning to act with vigor, and then they have these uh nice little examples. Yeah, the first one is in the exact context in which uh, Kevin is using it. I love shopping at this time of year, despite all the hustle and bustle of the holidays. People are always happy and full of cheer, and that why does that rhyme? Um, <laughs> but then they have they have an example conversation, which I would like to perform for you today. On the show, this is husband and a conversation between a husband oh. and wife. Well, then give me the thing, and I'll take the wife's part. You do, husband. <laughs> Where do I go? Uh, <laughs> and we're back, and uh, Ando has the uh, website now. <laughs> I found it. Uh, here we go with uh, a conversation between a husband and wife. This week has been exhausting. Well, stick with it. We only have one more week to go until we leave to go on our cruise. Oh, I am sticking with it and counting down the days. I can't wait to get away from all the hustle and bustle of work. Ha ha ha! Yeah, that, you heard it here, folks. The uh, dazzling acting chops. <sighs> See, this is why if we do anything, um, you know, creative like that we need to record it in advance <laughs> and not try to do it live on the show. <laughs> Indeed. That wasn't bad though. It wasn't. <laughs> oh, so I guess that's it. I guess so. 
See, I always, it, it's always so bittersweet coming to the end of a Nerd Burger episode for me because it's always like, well, I mean, I've got stuff I need to now go and do with my day, but at the same time, I'm having fun. Well, at least you got to spend extra time. <laughs> I, I I did. I talked way too long to you today. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so that's that's um, just like licks to the center of a of a Tootsie Pop. It takes three, three episodes of the new era of Nurburger to um, get back to an hour and a half. <laughs> well, really, what you should rephrase that is, is that it took one Ando appearance to get back to the old there you ways. Go. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of like the voice of the, is it an owl who's licking the Tootsie Pop? But One, all... two, three, crunch. Yeah, that's three. right. See, I can't do the the rolling of the R's like that. I used to not be able to do it, but I've kind of picked it up over the years. I can't do any kind of a voice involving counting without it sounding like the count from Sesame Street. Uh, so thank uh, you for doing uh. that. All right. I think that about does it for this show. Indeed. Ando, thank you very much. As always, thank you for having me. Always enjoy my time here. We look forward to your next appearance. Because then we'll be talking Shadow, about Shadows of the Dark, the Dark Past, Past with spoilers. spoilers. Yay! Yes! <laughs> so uh, make sure you're caught up. We'll, we're, we're giving you maybe a week or two, I think. Something like that. <laughs> until we start talking about it. But you're, you, you'd be better off to just uh, keep up with it as, as it's being posted. So, Yeah. All right. And uh, where can they find you, Ando? So uh, Shadows of a Dark Past is uh, at uh, soadppodcast.com and also on the Facebook and Twitters at soadppodcast. And also on Podchaser, which uh, just a brief little, if you haven't used Podchaser, it's a great website and podchaser.com slash soadppodcast. That's really where I kind of recommend you listen to us. Uh, you can also, for interesting things like uh, our out of out of context D and D quotes. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Ando Valentine and, uh, or you can just, if for whatever reason you want to talk to me, maybe be on my podcast at some point or talk about cross promotion. You can email me at Ando Valentine at gmail.com. Mike. And Oh, they can find me at nerdburgershow.com at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook email nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And that's it. Because <laughs> we did that re reverse this yeah. time. Yay! Join us next time on Nerdburger when Mike attempts to figure out what the hell to do with these outros again and probably fails. I would have tried to write one if I had thought about it. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> maybe next time join us next time <laughs> that ando is here and maybe yeah. we'll come up with something for the outro you've Insert got funny outro here. <laughs> several weeks to figure that out <laughs>